Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values, Around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with 
positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Ladyboy Chi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and tonight I have Jay with me. Hello. And our topic is on gender identity. And we're going to start a new segment on this show. Jay's going to start doing book reviews for mm -hmm. us, which should be amazing because she <laughs> used to do them on After Hours. Yeah. <laughs> so... Before we get into our topic, we'll kick off the show with the book review. <laughs> okay. So, um, it's today isn't really a book review. It's almost more of a book preview because I haven't always haven't read all of these books, but I wanted to go ahead and talk about some of them. Okay, a little bit of background about me is I love to read. I've been reading almost literally all my life, and I tend to gravitate toward things like science fiction, fantasy speculative fiction. And one of the reasons why I always liked it is I liked the possibility. You know, ooh, what would it be like to live on another planet? What would it be like to be a dragon or know a dragon or, you know, whatever? What would it be like to be a dragon in outer space? I don't know. Still waiting for that book. I thought it was really great. And then I realized that a lot of the science fiction fantasy, at least the stuff that I was reading, the mainstream stuff, was just the same old, same old all over again. It was you know, cishet white men going out and exploring the galaxy and fighting off evil aliens who are only evil just because they're alien. That didn't make sense. And it was just, you know, kind of boring. I was like, well, come on, you have an entire galaxy out there, entire universe out there. Why can't you do something more interesting? Of course, there were some uh, alternatives out there. I mean, I'm thinking of Ursula Le Guin, of course, one of my faves. But it seemed like they were few and far between. So I kind of got out of sci-fi fantasy for a while, speculative fiction. Then a few years ago, I discovered where all of the cool people were hiding, and now I am back into it, and I absolutely love it. And one of the things, again, like I said, that I love about spec fic is you can do different things. You know, you're not limited to what's real or what's possible here on Earth. So there's a lot of really great stuff that's out there or could be out there. And so I, I found a whole bunch of anthologies, actually, is what I'm going to be talking about today. And so that's why I say it's a bit of a preview, because I haven't read all of the stories and all of the anthologies, but they're out there. So if you like science fiction, fantasy, spec fic, here, this one's for you. If not, don't worry, I've got plenty of other books for later book reviews. But this one, since we're talking about gender identity, there are actually a whole bunch of books out there, spec fic books, that are talking about gender identity and kind of playing around with gender identity. And of course, you got to talk about Le Guin, right? Left Hand oh, of Darkness, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 one of the first ones out there to do that. And, you know, like Sam Delaney and, and uh, some of those other people who were kind of playing around with some of these back in the 70s and 80s and that sort of thing. But recently I found a couple of series of books, anthologies, and... The thing about anthologies, there's good and bad, right? So sometimes you find a story that you don't particularly like, or maybe even a bunch of stories you don't like, but then you can find some that are that you do like. 
And with an anthology, since it's multiple authors, you can find, you, you get exposed to a lot of different authors and they say, oh, I really like this person. So you can go find their, their books. That's why I'm recommending the anthologies right now. Because like I say, you can get a little sampling of a whole bunch of other, other things. So there's two series that are out now. One is called Transcendent. Get it? Trans, transcendent. Oh, funny. Anyway, there's four books in that one. So, and it's trans people writing spec fic, speculative fiction, science fiction, fantasy, science fantasy, whatever, you know, spec fic kind of covers all of that. And one thing I really like about, and again, I haven't read all the stories in them, but the ones that I have read, most of the ones that I've read, the issue is not, let me rephrase that, trans, being trans is not the issue, right? And that's another thing. Yeah, there are a lot of books out there about being gay or being lesbian or bi or whatever, people coming out and young adult books, which is definitely important and definitely needed. But sometimes, especially for those of us who have been out for a long time, right, we don't need to worry about those coming out issues. So let's, let's read something else, right? Let's go beyond that. So that's what a lot of these stories are. It just so happens that somebody's trans or it just so happens that somebody just, you know, switch gender or can switch genders or whatever. And uh, so you can kind of move beyond that. The whole idea of, ooh, ah, someone can change. How very interesting. It's like, no, let's move on and have a, a real plot, a real interesting story. So Transcendent, and there's four books in that series. And then the other one, I love the title. It's called Glitter Ship. Oh, come on. With a title like that, you know it's got to be queer as hell, right? So Glittership, there's two books in that series so far. So, um, like I said, I haven't read all of the books in all of those, excuse me, all of the stories in all those books, but I've read enough to know that there's some really good stuff out there. And again, once you find an author that you like, you can move on. And then there are a couple of other anthologies I want to mention just because I love that these books exist. I absolutely love these books exist. One of them... If I can get it here. Um, it's called Brave Boy World. Brave Boy World is a trans male anthology. And then there's Maiden Mother Crone. Got a nice little Wicca feel to it there. Maiden Mother Crone is trans femmes. So you've got Transcendent. You've got that series. And it's just trans people in general writing spec fic and then you have a whole book just of trans men there are enough trans men out there who are writing sci-fi fantasy they get their own book you know and enough trans femmes out there writing sci-fi fantasy who are getting their own books so i love that so many people are out there writing this kind of fiction that we have enough for like i say just men or just women and then there's one other one that I want to talk about. Again, this is the, one of the first ones that I found. Love Beyond Body, Space, and Time. And that's a little bit broader. It's more LGBTQ stuff. So there's some stuff that's not necessarily trans, not necessarily gender identity. But let's face it, when you're talking about gay or lesbian or pan people or whatever, you know, you're going to have some gender queer issues in there as well. So, like I say, I haven't read all the stories, but... The ones that I have read are quite good, anywhere from pretty good to really amazing. And I just love the idea that they're actually out there now. And there are a lot of people out there who are playing around with the uh, boundaries, with the, with the ideas of what speculative fiction could be, you know, and especially in terms of gender issues and, and uh, 
partnerships and things like that. And it's in so many of the stories, it's just not really an issue. It's, oh, yeah, says the guy. Here are my two husbands. And everyone goes, oh, okay, whatever. You know, and that's, yeah, not a big issue. So anyway, check those out. See what you think of them. And later I'll be talking about some books that I have actually read all the way through. We'll get more uh, different kinds of books. And what are the stories that you found really great? <laughs> oh, I mean, there are a lot of them. But the ones that I tend to like the most, like I say, are the ones where it's it's the trans issues are, are sort of a non-issue. Well, it's, it's not in here, but so there was a book by C.B. Lee called Not Your Heroine. And it's like set in the not too distant future and people have superpowers and all. And, and our hero is bisexual. And so someone's like, oh, do you think this guy's cute? She's like, no, but I think that girl's cute. And they're like, oh, okay, whatever. No big deal. You know, her best friend is trans. And everyone's like, oh, is he trans? Oh, he trans? Oh, okay, I didn't know that. All right, moving on, la, la, la. And it's, I love that people can be, you know, uh, it can be so diverse without being the main focus of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so those are, those tend to be the ones that I like the most, where the trans issues are not forefront. There are quite a few of them where that is kind of an issue. It's like, ooh. You know, the government has now decided that people can do their own transitioning at home or whatever. <laughs> and and those are good stories, too. But sometimes I think I like the ones where it's just almost like, whatever, everybody's gay. All right, moving on. Let's talk about space. <laughs> space yeah. <pilots. clears throat> and I think we've come so far in literature since we first started on After Hours so many years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I first came out, you know, and I, I think a lot of people do this, when they first come out and they go and buy up all the books that are out there and whatnot. Actually, hmm, let me think about this. Because when you and I came out, you know, there was no such thing as the Internet. I know, mm -hmm. we're so old, right? <laughs> so all we had was books and magazines. And so I did when I first came out and I went and read all the books and bought all the books and for a while, oh dear, sweet, innocent me, you know, I was like, oh, let me get all the queer books out there, all the books on gay, lesbian, bisexual stuff. And, you know, for a while you almost could do that, but now it's just, it just blossomed and there was just way too much, which I'm not complaining about. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then for a while, a lot of the books... And especially, I think, with young adult books, and again, this isn't a criticism of them, but a lot of them deal with the coming out issues, especially in realistic fiction, if I may use that word, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> like the opposite of science fiction would be. Kids growing up and finding out that they're gay or lesbian or trans or whatever and having to deal with those issues. And like I say, there's definitely a place for those kinds of books and people need them. But I think now that it is it is spoken about more often and talked about more often, just the whole idea of being queer in whatever way, that um, I think we need more books that are not just about the coming out story, you know? So, all right, so we have a superhero who happens to be trans. Hey, let's go fight some super villains. Okay, moving on, right? And so it's not about the person coming out as trans. It's a non-issue. And right now, those seem to be the ones that I'm gravitating toward. But, uh, but yeah, so it's definitely changed when we were younger and when we were coming out. That uh, Far more options now. Oh, yeah. So. And I remember back when By Any Other Name first came out, mm -hmm. and that was about the only bisexual book. Yeah, yeah. When I came, when I was figuring just, out whether I was bi, hmm? 
that just flashed through my mind as you were talking about the early books. Well, yeah, and I, I remember in, in grad school, because all my classes were in the evening, so I would spend the day in the library. Uh, sometimes I'd read stuff for my classes, but I also found where all the gay and lesbian books were, so I was reading my way through them, and I think there were two books on bisexuality in there. One of them was Robin Ox. The Buy Book, I think is what she called it, which mm -hmm. is a tiny, tiny little book, kind of squished in between all the others. And now there are just so many other books out there. Mm -hmm. And I don't even recall if there were any trans books in the library. But uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's lovely that there are so many choices out there and so many different kinds of, of books to read. Mm -hmm. And I think it does help to, I mean, the internet really helped, but mm -hmm. having yeah. books that, or non-mainstream really kind of help open the door, mm, I think, to absolutely, yeah. people being able to identify as they are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, it's just like, oh, I didn't know what trans was until I read about it, which is not to say that people are going to read about transsexuality or transgender and suddenly become trans themselves. I mean, that's what a lot of uh, people parents worry about when they see yeah. these books in the library. Oh, my kid's going to read this book and suddenly become trans. Uh, yeah, that's not the way it's it works. It's already there. Yeah, it's already there. But now, but we don't have the names for it. I was just going to say, and then when you read it, you have the name for it. And you can mm -hmm. see what it's like. And the other thing that's really great, too, with a lot of these books is that they're, they're, they're very positive in the end. Mm -hmm. You know, people end up living happily ever after, so to speak. Which wasn't always the case for a lot of queer oh, literature. Yeah, you know? a lot of times either the homosexual was the villain or... The, or they died or they, you know, yeah. ended up just, you know, living miserably for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And again, when I was coming out, I was reading the, the literature about it. Oh, let's see, what was it? Well of Loneliness, Radcliffe Hall, Price of Salt. It kind of almost had a happy ending, I guess, sort of, but a little on the bleak side. And so... It's nice that there are stories out there now where, where there are more happy endings. And, uh, and then again, yeah, so you can see yourself in books. You can see alternatives to uh, just, you know, heterosexual monogamous <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Sort of thing. So those are going to be most of the kinds of books that I talk about are the, the ones with the queer themes because those yeah. are fun. Oh, like yeah. And that brings us to our topic tonight. Mm -hmm. Last week, we did the virtual celebrating Beltane and had several, quite a good number of people on mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. And we did some workshops and discussions and even did a ritual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the discussions we had was on gender identity yeah. and how that is so much a part of who and what we are. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about it, what's the first question asked when a baby's born? Is mm -hmm. it a girl or a boy? Mm -hmm. We're not even a, a human being. We're an it until we get a gender tag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it is such a core part of our identity, mm -hmm. or for most people, I think, yeah. but at a social level. Yeah. But for me, growing up, I didn't feel like a boy, mm -hmm. and I didn't feel like a girl. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long I kind of just 
didn't have the words, I didn't know what I was, I knew it didn't feel right for me as to identify as boy or girl. And I remember my father and coaches tried so hard to get me to do good in sports and oh I just had bad eye hand coordination and was just not a sports person. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of forced on me. Here I was. Boys are supposed to do. So, you know, go out and play sports to be a real boy. Mm -hmm. And I remember back when I first came across the word androgynous. Mm -hmm. And I said, ooh, that's what I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then later I learned more, but that was part of my journey. And Mm -hmm. just getting that one word androgynous it fits so well yeah yeah (laughs) but what were some of the things from our discussion at the celebrating Beltane that kind of stood out for you so one of the things we talked about and I was reading something um which now I can't remember what I was reading I've been reading a lot recently um it was talking about gender issues right and so it used to be there was male and female and then the idea came out that you could change genders, you could switch genders, right? So transgender, crossing genders, right? But still, there was a binary, all right? So you were either a man who was then going to change to become a woman or a woman who would change to become a man. And so for a long time, again, that was still the norm, that we had two genders and only two genders and you could switch between them, once but but still you know you were talking about sports and how everybody was trying to get you to play sports because that's what boys do mm-hmm. and uh so there was this narrative to switch that you know oh i want to be a woman because i like frilly dresses and i want to wear my hair long and i want to put makeup on and all this stuff oh well then therefore you must be a woman and you know that sort of thing and I don't know when it started, when, you know, the idea start, came about that you can have different genders. You can be, mm-hmm. like you said, androgynous. You can be both. You can yeah. be neither. You can be somewhere in between and kind of moving around, right? I Gender think it fluid. kind of occurred mm-hmm. in the bi community because it became bi plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing, too, is this idea of bisexuality. It was called bisexuality because you like both genders. And we've grown beyond that now. And so that's why we have words like pansexual and, and, you know, people, I like people regardless of gender. And third gender. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of sexual orientation. And then, but yeah, so gender identity. Yeah. So there's male, female, there's trans male, trans female. Some people identify as, you know, I'm not male, I'm a trans male. There's gender fluid, gender non-binary, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, intersex it's a little bit of both yeah and I think that's where I was so kind of lost as a kid because Mm -hmm. I didn't have anyone to identify with yeah I didn't have anyone to look up to and say oh they're a good role model Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the males had role models were horrible for me yeah Yeah. (laughs) so were a lot of the female ones because I just Mm -hmm. didn't fit and mm-hmm. I remember the boys wouldn't let me in the all boys club and mm-hmm. or in the all boys fort and mm-hmm. the girls wouldn't let me in the slumber parties and mm-hmm. so I'd 
was kind of in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Growing up. And and I think that part of what was really good about this discussion is that so often we think, oh, we have, because we have this type of plumbing, these are the mm-hmm. things we're supposed to like. Yeah, yeah. These are the things we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, but I love the idea that the concepts of Femme and Butch, because mm-hmm. you can be. Say, yeah. <laughs> so we, t- we touched on that. And mm-hmm. so then there's the idea of there is male and female, whatever that means. I'll be honest with you. I personally have no concept of what that means. I have never really felt like a woman or like a man. I was born with female plumbing. Everyone calls me a woman. I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't have a problem with that. But I literally don't know what it means to be a woman. But another, and I think another reason why that is, is there is, you know, of course, quote unquote, being a man. And then there's, excuse me, let me rephrase that. There's like identifying as a male and then there's quote unquote being a man, right? Mm. So this idea that to be a man, you have to play sports. You have to like to grill outside on the grill and not cook inside the house because apparently that's gay or something i don't know (laughs) and so we talked about that right and so there's this whole thing with straight guys out there and it's like Mm -hmm. you can't do this or it's gay apparently using an umbrella that's gay um (laughs) cooking inside that's gay washing your penis that's gay because you touched a dick oh no it's your own penis dude you you really need to wash it no no that's gay no so you know, and I think that's the other thing with that concept, that old concept of transgender and switching genders is you had to fit what a quote-unquote real man or a quote-unquote real woman is. And and things are kind of looser now. And I think that's one reason why I am okay with identifying as a woman, because even though I don't know what that really means, but because my parents were both feminists. And they were like, oh, you're a girl, whatever. Here, let me teach you how to sew on a button. Let me teach you how to change the oil in your car. Let me teach you how to run for political office if you want. I'm sure mom would have been very happy with that. Oh, right? yeah. So there was never an idea that because I'm a woman, there are certain things I can't do, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I mean, the only thing they ever said that, you know, a boy can't do or a girl can't do is, you know, I guess a boy can't carry a child. You know, to be pregnant and girls have a harder time writing their name in the snow, if you know what I mean. But, you know, I'm sure with a little bit of practice, I could do it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we talked about that. There's there's having the plumbing, so to speak, or changing one's plumbing, I suppose. And then there's the, the societal notion of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And, uh, how amazingly narrow and rigid that can be. You know, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. And it's always amazes me how we have such strong gender police. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Uh. And uh, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you, this, this is what it means to be a real woman. This is what it means to be a real man. If you are trans, you're not a real woman or a real man. What? Where is that coming from? It's ridiculous. And I think one <laughs> concept that comes from the bi community there's a lot of buys that love the person, fall in love with the person, irregardless of the gender. Mm-hmm. And then there's other buys that like 
the gender aspects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of brings up a concept of what is it to be a male or a female or something else? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how we identify. I mean, it's. I know oftentimes I'll go to the store or be shopping and a clerk will come up and go, can I help you, Mm -hmm, ma'am? And people are constantly referring to me as a female, mm-hmm. even when I have, haven't shaved I in know, a few days. I love that. Yeah, we'll be at a restaurant, they're like, hello, ladies, how are you doing? And I'm like, okay, Gigi hasn't shaved in like three days, but that's okay. Yeah. You'll go with that. <laughs> but you- there is this thing about the energy we put out. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it, there is this concept of male energy, female energy. I think I put out a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I run a chainsaw naked with painted nails and don't <laughs> scratch a nail. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. But, uh, I can be bitch femme all at the same time. <laughs> and so that's the other thing. And again, we just touched on it in our discussion. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish we'd gotten more into it. Is this concept of butch and femme? Because somebody, I can't remember now who it was, had said, you know, wouldn't it be. A, exciting wouldn't it be neat if we didn't have gender you know then we wouldn't have to worry about you know what it means to be a man or be a woman or do those sorts of things and I thought or if gender didn't matter right if everybody could just do everything and there was no right way to perform gender and I thought would we still have butch and femme you know, because a man can be butch, a man can be femme. Women can be butch, women can be femme. And people who are in between can be all of the above, right? And again, it's not that you have to choose one or the other. It's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. But I think some people do gravitate toward the butch side and some gravitate toward the femme side. And I think even if we didn't have any gender roles or gender expectations, there would still be people who would who would um, gravitate more toward one side or another and there would be a lot more people i think who would be somewhere in the middle or more fluid like you are so some days you're butch some (laughs) days you're femme and you know that's that's lovely and but i do think there are some preferences that people have and right now it's really hard to tell sometimes because it's like oh i'm a woman but i don't want to do women things i'm butch so i'm going to reject all feminine stuff right i'm gonna cut my hair short i'm gonna wear nothing but pants or whatever Hmm? and we also have people that identify as neither and as they or them and and oftentimes they kind of like to dress more androgynously what where people can't tell Mm -hmm. and i think that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool yeah yeah (laughs) but again i think a lot of it still because we do have such a dichotomous gender uh, gender roles that sometimes still I think we're reacting to that Mm -hmm. so there's androgynous dressing so that nobody can tell what I am which I think is very cool and also you know really awesome but then there are some people and I again have read some some articles about people talking about this that they're gender by excuse me non-binary so they don't identify as either male or female but their body is of one of those genders and so when they like say they have a male body and they wear pants they get read as male all the time and he 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 right and they say no no no, i'm 
non-binary call me they like but you but you look like a man you're acting like a man <laughs> no i'm not i'm acting like me yeah you know and so there's this idea that to be quote unquote a true gender non-binary person you have to be androgynous you have to have a little bit of both both male and female presentation at all times and again that's you know not that's not true, and I think it's, you know, a little bit harmful, but again, I think that's that kind of reaction toward binary, and, <laughs> you know, otherwise you're going to be read as one or the other, and people sometimes don't want to do that. They want, no, I'm definitively non-binary, so I'm going to change. And I loved when you used to walk about five feet behind me in mantras when we went to Kroger's, mm -hmm. and I was in a dress with all the wrong pokey out of parts <laughs> yeah yeah and people would just you know kind of cat you'd walk past and they'd very casually not look at you and then they'd turn around and look and go what is that a man or a woman <laughs> that was great that was fun but uh yeah but yeah so i think there's just so many different ways to be gendered and my issue against the personal thing is i I literally don't know what it means to feel like a woman or to feel like a man. I've heard people say this, and it means absolutely nothing to me. So I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that maybe I'm not a woman. Maybe I am non-binary, third gender or whatever, yeah. you know. I don't know. The idea of saying third gender, again, suggests there's only three ways to do it. Yeah. I, I'll say, I like non-binary. Yeah. Because some people are smack dab in the middle. And some people are more what they call gender fluid. And so they may present more male one day and present more female the other. And they more move around and play around with gender, which, again, I absolutely love. And I think it's a fantastic idea. But, yeah, so it's, it's more like for me to be, you know, whatever I am, it's almost more of a, a lack. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. feel male. I don't feel female. So maybe I'm, like, not either one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I think it's kind of, I'd like to touch on the science a little bit. We're all born female initially. Mm -hmm. And it's not until a whole bunch of complex things occur as we're developing that differentiates us into male or female. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I've kind of struggled with this question is there really a truly real man or a real woman mm -hmm. because every step of the way there's there's one point during the development of the embryo that if the right hormones don't come within the exact right timing mm -hmm. it can come a little late and have no effect or a little too early and have no effect mm -hmm. that messes that window it's plays with the gender of the person, mm -hmm. changes it slightly. Yeah, yeah. But I love the concept that we all start out, the primary sex is female. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, cool. and it's like you can, I kind of like this illustration. If female is yellow mm -hmm. and male is red, mm -hmm. we all start out as yellow, so you can keep adding red and you can get a very dark orange, but mm. you never get a true red. That's true. That's true. And I think also because females also have a bit of testosterone, which helps make up some of the male characteristics, mm -hmm. you could, I don't think you can even be a true female. Mm. There's always a little bit of red. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. So, you know, testosterone is the quote unquote boy hormone and estrogen is the main female hormone. And all people have, well, most people, I suppose there might be some people who don't have them, but everybody has a little bit of both, Yeah. you know? And so no matter how butch and masculine you are, you got some estrogen in you, buddy. Yeah. And no matter how dainty and delicate and femme you are, guess what? You got some testosterone in there. So yeah, we're all a mixture. Mm -hmm. And yes. I see it as kind of a continuum. Absolutely. Not a binary. <laughs> no, no. It's it's definitely a spectrum, at least, if not a, I don't know, complete circle, maybe? But yeah, you know, so you got male on one side, female on the other. It's like the difference between black and white, you know? We tend mm -hmm. to say that as, you know, a split dichotomy, but, you know, there's black, there's white, there's dark gray, there's light gray, there's pale gray there's you know lots of different shades mm -hmm. <clears throat> so when you look at all those it's kind of hard to say where black ends and white begins and vice versa and i think it's the same way for male and female they're ends of a spectrum but most of us are somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. and i think that's what's interesting because when i first learned about intersex and started studying i learned about it in a sexuality course in college mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's amazing how many different intersex conditions there are mm -hmm. yeah that yeah, makes uh, and that's shows the complexity of the making of our sex it is yeah. such a complex set of processes yeah and there's mm -hmm. so many factors involved it's partly hormones it's partly mm -hmm. chromosomes it's partly timing it's partly there's your cells being able to receive certain hormones mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. one intersex condition where the body's cells cannot receive testosterone mm -hmm. androgen sensitivity syndrome yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so yeah. all of a sudden they become super feminized because mm -hmm. their cells can't Taken, uh, can't do anything with the antigen with the testosterone. Yeah, yeah. So there are so many different factors that make up mm. sex. <laughs> I know. Every time I hear people, you know, get all pissy, they're like, "Oh no, it's biology. There's only XX and XY chromosomes." I was like, "Dude, did you like totally fail biology? Obviously, because." No, there are so many other ways to do it. There's XXX. There's XXY. There's you know, whatever. There's some pretty long strings of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like if we're just talking, even if we're just talking purely biological yeah. sex, there's more than two, you know. It's like, no, you just don't really know what's going on. But yeah, and then, of course, there's the different hormones and how they interact mm -hmm. as you grow up and then nature over mm -hmm. nurture and, you know, <clears throat> what does it mean to be male or female? That's a good question. Well, we're coming up on station break. <laughs> okay. And one of the things I'd like to kind of plug is that for our Beltane celebration, we decided we wanted to make this a monthly thing, mm -hmm. not Beltane itself, but the getting together online and doing kind of a virtual workshop ritual and discussion group. So we're going to be doing that, and I will be posting it on ravenslayerleather.com, where you can join us if you want to mm. and celebrate. And you don't have to be pagan, although it is very pagan-themed, especially mm -hmm. for the rituals. But 
the workshops and discussions are more on sexuality or on things about relationships. I think our next mm -hmm. one's going to be on communication. Oh, that'll be good. And how to really communicate more effectively because too often it's communication problems that lead to a lot of relationship mm -hmm. issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so part of this is to help educate, but also to celebrate who and what we are. Mm -hmm. Sounds nice. <laughs> Sounds good. Mm -hmm. So check out, I'll be posting it later this month, mm -hmm. the um, virtual community celebrations. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> and sounds of course, good. we also have training videos for sale on the website. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a link to our Patreon page. Okay. So if you can support this show a little bit, doesn't take much, a dollar a month. Hey, that's mm -hmm. less than a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, it would help us out a whole lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the website again, ravenslayerleather.com. And we have lots of links to all kinds of things. Even the um, Family of Choice community to join if you are having difficulties during these uncertain times of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Join us. We've got ideas on things to do to help get you refocused on all of life instead of just focused on all the bad stuff going on. Mm -hmm. We also have resources listed in that community if you need help with rent or with... Uh, your small business or where to go to get financial assistance. Hmm. So it's always important. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Jay helped me and Paul helped me research uh, mm -hmm. where to find some resources yeah. out there. Got a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. If you need it. So back to our topic. Okay. <laughs> and I think one of the things that was kind of going through my mind and why I wanted to kind of get into the science a little bit, I want to go a little beyond the science now and mm -hmm. talk about what is it to, what is it in our identity that we identify as male, female, or something else? And what is that mm -hmm. energy? What is our core identity, and is that a gender? Mm -hmm. And I think everything I've seen in the trans community, I believe it is. Because mm -hmm. people say, oh, I was born in the wrong body. Um, mm -hmm. Something in me identifies, my core being identifies as male or female, female mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though mm -hmm. I didn't wasn't born in the male or female body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think there is this sense of, as an energy being, we do have kind of a sex, gender identity. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's partly what I think I felt as a kid growing up, mm -hmm. not feeling like I fit as a boy or mm -hmm. a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think for some people that's true, you know, maybe even for a lot of people, I don't know. 
And you said in the trans community, and I think for that particular population, you know, if you're born in, say, a male body, but you know inside that you're a woman, a female, you're going <laughs> to switch genders and vice versa. <clears throat> I think if you have a strong gender identity, <laughs> then that's going to be part of your community. But like I say, for me, I don't. I mean, you talk about these these ideas of male energy, female energy, and we have a gender identity at our core. I don't. I mean, I yeah. really don't. And and I think there that touches on there. It may be a genderless. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I mean, if you say that genderless is a gender identity, okay, yeah. then I guess that's that's legit. I mean, I guess that's uh-huh. it. Just you know, when, when and I don't mean it gender, in a bad way. I mean, no, it I know. In a very positive way no it just you know because i i don't feel i feel neutral i feel mm-hmm. absolutely i you know someone tried to explain being trans to me uh she said it, it was the same thing that you were talking about she said if if you were if you woke up tomorrow with no memory of who and what you were and you were in the body of a ken doll right no secondary sex characteristics whatsoever um <laughs> how would you know what gender you were and she said you would just know i am a woman i know this and I thought to myself, I wouldn't know. I would have no idea. I'd look down and go, huh, I got nothing between the legs. I guess I'm a nothing. I don't know what I am. Because I just don't have that sense of, that strong sense of who and what I am. And so if you say we all have a gender identity and then genderless is a gender identity, I guess I can see that. But that almost seems kind of backwards to me. It's like, if I say I don't feel, you know, like, what part of the rainbow are you? Which color in the rainbow? Well, I'm not a color. I'm clear. Mm-hmm. Is clear really a color? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But, mm. you know, so that's that's the way I feel. I'm, I'm clear in a rainbow. Mm-hmm. I'm the part you don't see mm-hmm. on the outside, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm infrared. Mm-hmm. I just, you know. So, yeah. So this idea that one can have a gender identity, that it means something to be a male or be a female. I've literally never understood that. I sympathize. I empathize. I'm like, if that's the way you feel, that's great. But I don't know what that means. I really yeah. don't. I think this, the other thing that comes up for me often is this whole concept of sexual orientation. Where does someone who's intersex or hermaphrodite mm-hmm. fit into that whole well, and I think that's where sexual orientation has, has broadened. Mm-hmm. So, again, yeah, it used to be you were, excuse me, heterosexual or homosexual. And what that was is I am a man who is attracted to women or I am a woman attracted to a man. Must be mm-hmm. heterosexual, you know, and gender identity was a part of that. Even bisexuality was often defined as I am a man who is attracted to both men and women or I am a woman attracted to so you're right intersex and hermaphrodites and and gender non-binaries don't fit and I think that's why the term pansexual came about where people are like I am a person attracted to people you know and gender has literally nothing to do with it I don't even know if I'm a man or a woman but it doesn't matter right and I think that's one of the key words for me in the sexual orientation mm-hmm. is attraction yeah. and it's not just attraction to a sex attraction can has many other components mm-hmm. the way a person moves the way they uh, sound mm-hmm. the way they 
talk, their ideas, their energy. Mm-hmm. And these are non-male, female. They're outside that box mm-hmm. completely. True, yeah. However, having said that, when we were talking about this, you know, on the on the uh, group in Beltane, <clears throat> there are some people who are attracted to male energy, and there yeah. are people who are attracted to female energy, yeah. you know, and then there are people who are attracted to people regardless of gender. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, there there is still a place for heterosexual and homosexual and bisexual. And I agree I to that, but I think it's much broader than Oh, yeah, it's broader. That. And I, definition and I guess I feel it kind of more so because from where I'm coming from I don't fit any of those Mm -hmm. and I also see sexual orientation as it needs a better definition that we need to kind of look at what is the force of attraction Mm -hmm. and come up with a I mean, I love that Fritz Klein did the sexual orientation grid because mm-hmm. it expanded it somewhat, but I'd like to see it expanded even bigger. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think there's a sexual orientation is often defined as basically who you want to have sex mm-hmm. with. I mean, you know, it's yeah. not to find a point on it, right? But there are like people you want to have sex with, people you want to be romantic with. And then that brings up the whole idea of asexual and aromantic and whatever. So somebody can be pan-romantic. I want to be romantic with somebody, but I don't want to have sex with anybody. I'm asexual. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah, so this idea of sexual orientation as being the only label that's important, again, I think has outlived its usefulness. It's, you know, <laughs> might have been useful at one point, but now it's like, mm, there's, there's more to it, right? And, <laughs> and um but I think nowadays more and more people are starting to realize that, that sexual orientation is only one part of who you are. Because, again, in the ace community, I see this a lot. People define themselves as being ace, asexual, or aero-ace, aromantic, which I always read as uh, aromatic. And I'm like, oh, these people <laughs> smell really nice. No, wait, sorry, that's not it. <laughs> they just don't want to have sex. But uh, aero-ace or pan or, you know, demi or whatever. So there's so many other. That's the thing now. It seems like, I don't know if these two are related or if I just came to these ideas all at the same time, but it seems like as gender kind of started fragmenting and, and splitting, so you got men, women, then you've got, intersex a little bit of both then you've got a binaries which are a little bit of none (laughs) um and then people are calling themselves like demi male and demi female demi of course meaning half uh so it's like sometimes i feel neutral and sometimes i feel like a man and sometimes and then you've got and so too sexual orientation i think is kind of splitting and fragmenting as people are finding out who and what they are and what they like so there's pansexual, demisexual, sapiosexual, where you're attracted to intelligent people, you know, and so some of these ideas you often talk about, that attraction can be lots of different things, and people are starting to realize that and say, yeah, you know, so it's not just about I'm not attracted to sex, I'm attracted to their gender, I'm attracted to only personalities, that's demisexual. So they're like, it doesn't matter what the person's gender is, I'm attracted to them literally for their personality. And we all say this, but demisexuals are like, I literally cannot look at a person and decide whether I think that person's attractive or not. I have to get to know their personality first. I think the idea of sexual orientation is kind of broadening, and that's becoming just a part of identity and not 
you know, so so rigid anymore. And I also think it can change over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I remember there's a time in my life where I had a, quote, non-boyfriend that I slept with. Mm-hmm. We never had sex, but we held each other. We mm-hmm. had that intimacy without sex. Yeah, yeah. And... It was very nurturing, and it was very healing, and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was such an amazing experience yeah, to sleep yeah. with a guy. We, Yeah, we sometimes got hard-ons and felt each other's hard-ons, mm-hmm. but there was no sexual interest. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you sleep, males get hard mm-hmm. off and on throughout the night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wake up with the morning woody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it didn't mean that we wanted to have sex. We didn't. Neither of us did. We mm-hmm. wanted that. It felt more like a brother I never had. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like the closeness in that mm-hmm. big brother kind of safe person to just hold me. And I think I was that for him sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a fixed role. Yeah. And, but we both were at that point in our lives where we needed that nurturing and that that mm-hmm. comfort of touch without it being sexual. Well, and that's, I think, another issue as well is this idea that intimacy has to be sexual, mm-hmm. you know, and you can be intimate with somebody like you and your friend and without wanting sex or, you know being romantically interested in them but again this society at least the way it is mostly is if you are in any way attracted to somebody well surely you must be sexually attracted to them or you must want to have sex with them or something like that and i mean we've got words like friendship and and all but it's more than that right we need more of those we need those old greek words back right agape philios eros and all those yeah you know deep intense love true love for somebody but not a sexual love yeah i mean we were kind of i felt the best description were was that we were and this comes from Native American culture, we were kind of a type of blood brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it yeah. was this connection we had that was more energy and nurturing and touching, mm-hmm. cuddling, but yeah. not. Yeah. And it yeah. filled a very deep need in both of us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think we need that. You know, we need to have close relationships that are not about sex, but. We have this idea that it always, and I think that kind of goes back to this idea you had about sexual orientation, how narrow it becomes. Mm-hmm. It's like if I declare that I am a woman who likes other women, then anytime I like women and I'm attracted to women, suddenly it's got to be all about sex. Oh, you want to have sex with her? No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I just, well, if you're a lesbian, you must want to have <laughs> sex with her. No, that's not true. <laughs> That's where a lot of straight people have this idea that men and women can't be friends because they'll always want their sex will get in the way. No, not necessarily. But I think you're right that sexual orientation, too, we have this kind of idea that once you declare what you are, you're always that forever. Yeah. And And I've seen that run into problems in the media. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so what do you do if you've declared that you're a lesbian and then you fall in love with a man and then it's like, oh, no, you never were a lesbian. It's, you know, no, 
I was. I really was. <laughs> trust me. And I, I mean, I'm straight now, you know. It's, and it it's ran into problems with identifying as bisexual. Oh, you just need to get off the fence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, with bisexual, if you like both, and it's like, oh, so you have a boyfriend and a girlfriend at the same time? Well, no, just one at a time. Well, then if you only have a boyfriend, aren't you straight? No. That's not the way it works. Yeah. You know? And that is one of the reasons actually why, I mean, again, when I was coming out, that's pretty much the only choice was gay, straight, or bi. But I loved the idea of being bisexual. I was like, well, but I haven't ever had a girlfriend yet. And I thought, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I could go for my whole life never having a girlfriend, but just admitting my attraction to women. You can like, be a total oh, virgin and still have a sexual of orientation. Of course, it's not about who you did. It's about who you want to do, so to speak. Yeah, it's but the yeah, attraction. It's, yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, good. If I'm bi, I don't have to choose. I can. It doesn't matter. I could fall in love with a man next. I could fall in love with a woman next. I could fall in love with, you know, non-binary person and yay. <laughs> <laughs> I can still be bi. Actually, now I guess I'd call myself pansexual. Mm-hmm. Pan-romantic. But anyway... Yeah, so gender identity, it's interesting how it kind of creeps into a little bit of everything, doesn't uh, it? You know, it's its in sexual orientation, it's how you present yourself. Well, I, and I find it fascinating that once that initial question is answered after we're born, mm -hmm. a multi-million dollar industry oh, kicks in yeah. to reinforce it. Oh, geez, yeah. The Don't pink just... and blue, the... <laughs> Old kids Barbie toy dolls aisle, and the yeah. toy soldiers. You the... Walk down, it's like that's the girl aisle. I see all the pink. That's the boy aisle. I see all the brown and blue and. And not just in toys, but also in everything. clothes, everything. everything. Yeah, I think I course... even saw that they had some male mm -hmm. diapers and female diapers mm -hmm. that were different. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of makes a little bit of sense because you yeah. get the penis in the front or the vulva down below, but you know, so it's mm -hmm. but. Yeah, this idea, and it seems like, now when I was growing up in the 70s, admittedly, I mean, we're talking, I was very young, I didn't really notice these sorts of things, but it seemed like there was a lot more neutrality, androgyny, is that the one? Yeah. You know, so like Legos, right? Hey, let's all play Legos, there's Legos, and it's for everybody, and you got advertisements of boys and girls playing Legos. Nowadays... It's like, here are the Legos for girls. Here are the Legos for boys. Mm. You know, again, back in the 70s and probably 80s, you could buy just a plain old screwdriver. It's just a screwdriver. There you go. Go use it. And, I mean, you still can to these days, but it's like, ooh, look, screwdrivers for ladies. You can tell they're for ladies because they're pink. Look, it's a pink hammer. Go hammer something. Pink. Like, what the hell? I see this all over the place. Yeah. I'm like, dude. Just stop with the pink, okay? I can be a woman and I could... What was it? Bic, Bic pens. Oh, yeah. yeah. They came out with a pen for ladies, for her. The pens were pink in color. Not, <laughs> the ink wasn't pink. Yeah. But uh, it's like, seriously? Seriously, dudes? Why would you think that that would be... What? They can't squirt pink? <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is... So speaking of pink, right? Let's talk about the pink tax, you know? And so... A lot of times they'll have, you know, razors for guys, disposable razors. And then they have razors for women because they're pink, because you can tell. Ah. The exact same damn razor. <laughs> but they might cost like a dollar extra. Yeah. A lot of the women's stuff, if it's, you know, the neutral stuff is male, the women's stuff costs extra. It's like, it's ridiculous. Oh, it is. Of course, they're just doing it to make money. You know that. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah. But I think it goes a little beyond just making money. I think it's also this 
kind of societal consciousness of mm-hmm. this is supposed to be a boy, this is supposed mm-hmm. to be a girl. Let's reinforce it. I wonder if it's a kind of a backlash against the trans movement. I just mm-hmm. thought of that. You know, so it's like, wait a minute, you're switching gender? No, no, we can't do this. You are male, you are female, you use the blue hammer, you use the pink hammer. There. No, I hammers. thought it was kind of weird they call mm-hmm. perfume for girls and cologne for men. Yeah, yeah. and it's. I mean, isn't it all just chemical scents you put on your body? Oh, yeah. And if you look at antiperspirant, I read this somewhere. It's like, you know, women's antiperspirant. It's lilac scent. It's lavender scented. It's, you know, citrus blend. And men, it's like pain and axe and steel and lightning. What? You're smelling like lightning? What the hell, dudes? Y'all are just weird. You're so weird. Oh, anyway, says the woman who uses Old Spice. But I'm just saying it's all. I like the smell. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And so it's this, yeah, dichotomy. You have to have either the male thing or the female thing. And I don't know, do they even sell neutral razors anymore? You know, Uh, disposable (laughs) ones. Hand lotion. You know, I guess there's some out there, but there's the manly hand lotion, you know, and then there's soft, delicate, scented hand lotion for women. I just want some damn hand lotion, okay? My hands are cracked and peeling. I need something. Do I have to gender my hands now? And that's something I brought up on the... Beltane celebration in our mm-hmm. discussion was that there's been times when I've been given a blowjob by a man and by a woman, and guess what? The mouths were pretty much identical. Yeah, my, yeah. my little clitty cock couldn't tell the difference if, it, <laughs> if the lights were off. Yep, yep, A blowjob's yeah. a blowjob. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet, too often, it's like, yeah, I like my girlfriend to give me a blowjob, but I wouldn't have a guy do that. Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> and once again, I heard something about uh, you know we were talking earlier about what's you know quote unquote gay now and all these. Mm-hmm. So apparently, going down on your girlfriend is gay. Just mm-hmm. gonna say that. Yeah, going down on your girlfriend. Excuse you. Do you not know what being gay means? You know, it's like <laughs> that's crazy. And guess what? The clitoris is where all the feelings are know, <laughs> it's not do the vagina favor <laughs> go down on her yeah. mm-hmm. but do it but, delicately oh yeah <laughs> well, i don't know some women may like it rough oh yeah that's where but, communication comes yeah. in which it's is what we'll be doing <laughs> so uh but yeah you know so this this idea of gender and if you're one gender you have to do this you have to do that and you know, and I'm not saying you can't enjoy the sense, you know, you want to be lilac scented, go be lilac scented. That's fine. But I don't think you have to be a male or a female to smell like flowers. You can be both or neither. Or well, we're coming to the top of the hour and I'd kind of like to wrap up with this okay. thought for my side. No matter what's between your legs, decide for yourself how you want to present, how, mm-hmm. what you want to use, how you want to be. It shouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yet mm-hmm. in our culture, oftentimes, it, we're frowned upon if we don't fit the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, that's one of the things I would love to see is a little bit more flexibility, a little more celebration and mm-hmm. the uniqueness of each of us. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like I said, if you want to smell like flowers, you go smell like flowers, regardless of what's, what's between your legs. Mm-hmm. Works for me. Any closing thoughts? 
No, except I don't think we nearly touched on <laughs> all of the issues. It's one oh, of those I things know. you start talking about it and keep going. But uh, we could do a whole another show. <laughs> oh yeah, but I think it's a good place to stop. This is but, this is fun. Yeah, I just have struggled with my own sexual identity, mm-hmm. and I've come to a place where I'm really very centered in both my male and female energy, I think, mm-hmm. for the first time in my life. Oh, that's, uh, good. that's good. I feel complete as a mixture of male and female. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. the good side effect, though, is that I do, and I have had these from word go, both male and female orgasms. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that's... That'll work. But... There's always been kind of this struggle, and I think part of it was just this whole concept of what the doctors did to me to create this illusion, mm-hmm. and it was hard to present as I truly was, and I think that's where a lot of the struggle came in for me, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everybody look, and especially when I'm running around naked in the woods at festivals, People see that thing down there and go, oh, that's a boy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's hard to break that illusion. And that was something the doctor, I mean, they did surgeries on me to make Mm -hmm. me look that way, to break that illusion. And they're still doing it to infants. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, fortunately, they're trying to change that, but it's Mm -hmm. slow. (laughs) Yeah, it's still, well, it's still the idea that you have to be either a male or a female. Yeah. And the idea that one has to look a certain way to be a male or a female. And again, you know, it's you could just be non-binary and still have the plumbing of one over the other. and Or have the plumbing of both. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying for most yeah. people, they only yeah. have one form of plumbing, but that doesn't mm-hmm. make you any less non-binary. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? true. It's not just the plumbing, it's also... What's between your ears. It's partly mind, it's partly spirit, energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are energy beings. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so have a wonderful night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. And hold someone, love someone. Give some good feelings to each other, mm-hmm. whether it's sexual or not. Yeah. Intimacy is a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the sex, but. so have a good night I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other it's assumed that somehow We will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show 
so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.